Good morning. Somebody started to clap when we saw water baptism. I'd like you to finish that. Put your hands together. We got a water baptism time coming up. We love seeing people get water baptized. I saw the lovely Elaine up on the screen. Ellen, I mean, the lovely Ellen up on the screen. I'm looking right at her and I said your name wrong. How's everybody doing today? Good. We're back to summer for a few hours. It's kind of nice. I just want to take a moment um, and express our condolences to the Lajmaw family. Chris um, and Christine. Christine lost her dad. Um, and uh, the funeral will be this coming Saturday. And you can, uh, there are details um, online, social media, different places. And uh, we're going to give Ray a great sending off uh, as uh, we just gather. Just pray for the family this time that uh, grace will be their portion and comfort, of course. All right, this is Planted in the House, part four, and uh, today I want to talk to you about being uh, people who serve in the house. I'm excited. Uh, we have water baptism coming up in November. We also have Caleb and Julie Davidson from my church in Ottawa coming to preach for us in November. Uh, Christine and I have met uh, them and uh, just really made a connection. We're excited to have them come and be a part of Harvest. They labor in a great church that they planted in Ottawa called My Church, and uh, they're doing uh, an amazing job. I know you're really going to appreciate uh, Pastor Caleb, and you're going to want to bring a friend uh, to be a part of that as well. So just giving you a heads up on some things that are taking place. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. We're righteous because of what Jesus has done, not our righteousness, but his righteousness. Uh, our sin was taken uh, when we accepted Jesus in our life, asked him to forgive our sins. He took our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he imparted, imputed is the theological word, his righteousness was put into you. And so now we're righteous, um, and so we're to flourish like a palm tree, like the cedar of Lebanon. These are pictures of strength and fruitfulness. Planted, where? Planted in? Yeah, you guys are struggling a little bit this morning. I don't know what quite's going on. We're trying to get you to kind of be a part of what's happening. I see your cardboard cutouts today with your face on there. You need to help me out. We're planted where? In the? Planted in the house of the Lord, the local church. Uh, for us, it's harvest. Uh, they still bear fruit in old age. I don't know how old old is. Everybody has a different uh, view of that. But if you think you're old or you think somebody else is old, uh, you need to be bearing fruit. Uh, until you draw your last breath, we're worshiping God. We're being fruitful for God. You have prophetic words to, uh, to, to fulfill. Come on. Uh, we are bearing fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, fresh and green. I was talking to a couple small group leaders just before service, and I'm excited uh, to hear that small groups are off to a great start. And one small group leader was telling me, as he's fresh and green, he said, I've been praying for 40 years, and I had an experience, and he wanted to share it with me this morning. He said he got awoken um, at 5 o'clock in the morning thinking about the people in his small group. That's a great small group leader. And uh, he began to pray, and he sensed the Holy Spirit's grace come into him as he began to, under what we call a spirit of intercession, where the Holy Spirit begins to pray in and through us. And, um, and he was praying for people. And bearing fruit, uh, I, won't, I didn't tell you who it was because I don't think he's old. But, yeah, you're just, 
And it was a joke. It was funny. He's not old. I didn't tell you about that. But he could be old, and he's bearing fruit, and never mind. I guess I'm going to just get right to it. Look, that's gonna, we're going to look at the story today of Jesus' first miracle in a city called Cana. I want to read the account, and then I want to make some points today. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and the disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, we have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, and so they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. You've saved the best until now. Now's a good time. Say now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would open up minds. I just come against any hindrances in this room right now as you've instructed us in the scriptures to do. You said that every thought can come under the captivity of Jesus Christ. And so we ask that you would captivate our thoughts right now. You would cause distractions just to be, um, uh, they would just be limited right now. Lord, we bring every thought into the obedience of Christ Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. So this is the first miracle that tells the world that Jesus is the Son of God. Up until this point, well, actually, when he's water baptized, heaven announces it. But this is the first uh, time that in doing a miracle, we know that he is indeed the Messiah, the promised one that would come and save humanity. So my question is, why wine? Why wine? Why, why of all of the miracles he could do, I'm sure there were sick people that were there at the, at the wedding. Um, I'm sure there were people who were suffering uh, from leprosy, and they needed a touch to have their leprosy cured. I mean, come on. What a great story it would have been. Let's just imagine that the mother of the bride has leprosy, can't come to her little girl's wedding that she's been imagining her whole life to be at. Mom contracts leprosy in a leper colony because they needed to be quarantined. And uh, what, I mean, why, why, why not have Jesus just go down and heal her? Headlines, uh, Twitter story says, uh, mother healed of leprosy joins daughter at wedding. Thank you, Jesus, at the, uh, in Cana of Galilee. But he turns water, he turns water into wine. The symbolism is so rich. The whole story and the symbolism is there. It would just take me so long to unpack it all for you. But just suffice to say this morning that wine in the Bible speaks about our new life in the spirit. It talks about new wine and the production of 
wine in terms of a spiritual reality of life in Christ Jesus through his Holy Spirit. And the promise of the Messiah, the anointed one, and we see throughout I'm gonna, the Old Testament, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, to show us, Just I just want to make the point, as we're talking about the story, Jesus turning water into wine, he was declaring something about who he was. In Isaiah 24, verse 7, it says, The new wine dries up, and the vine withers, and all the mer merrymakers groan. And it's talking about hardship in the nation of Israel. And actually under the judgment of God, God's judgment for sin and Israel going its own way. And there was no life. There was no fresh air, fresh, fresh breath as we were uh, singing about today. Come Holy Spirit, I'm desperate for a touch of you. And, and in many ways, this is what the scripture is talking about is that God had uh, restrained from pouring that out. It goes on to say, in the streets they cry out for wine. Uh, all the joy turns to gloom. All joyful sounds are banished from the earth. All joyful sounds. What a dark moment as the prophet Isaiah is prophesying uh, of just the darkness on planet earth apart from and separated from the life of God. But there was a promise of one who would come and bring salvation to the earth. And Isaiah prophesied about that as well. He said, come uh, to all you who are thirsty, Come to the waters, you who have no money, come and buy and eat. I love that scripture, come and buy and eat. And so it costs you something, but it doesn't cost you uh, keeping the law. It does, that's what it's talking about. It doesn't cost you uh, having to do penance or sacrifice or, 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 because in fact, the Bible says that we are saved by the grace of God, not by works, lest any man boast. And so that the life, the eternal life of God comes into us as a gift but it still costs you something. It costs you the decision that you want to be a recipient of and live in the kingdom realities of his life. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, you who have no money. Come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It's talking about an abundance. Say abundance. An abundance. It was the uh, when the children of Israel symbolically went into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And that wasn't literally that, you know, honey's pouring out of rocks, and uh, it's symbolic of abundance. Say abundance. Jesus said that I have come to give them life, give them abundant life. In that day, the day that we live in today, the mountains will drip with new wine. The hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water, and a fountain will flow out of the Lord's house. A fountain, a place of refreshing, a place of source, will flow out of the Lord's house, Harvest Christian Fellowship this morning, and will water the valley of the Acacias. And so God's house becomes a place where there's an abundance of new wine as we are recipients of life in God. That life flows through us and to others who are thirsty, who are dry, who themselves don't have the life of God. And the intention as we're looking at the water turned into wine, that Jesus was making a declaration and saying, I am the promised one. I am the Messiah. My house is about to be established. My church is being built and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he began his ministry to put the church into place on the day of Pentecost. He arose and sat at the right hand of the Father. The Comforter of the Holy Spirit came, and we began this thing called church, which is the only hope of the world. 
where wine would flow, the life of God would flow. We have a bride, we have a groom, uh, all, all symbolic. Jesus said that the church is his bride. And so where Jesus is in relationship with his church, they're listening to him, there's a party. Say party. It's the party uh, like the uh, father held for the prodigal son. He said, let's have a party. And church is supposed to be a party, and that's why Harvest looks a little bit like a party, because we believe that the angels are rejoicing in heaven when one person makes a decision to turn from going their way to turning and repenting and coming God's way and being a recipient, yeah, come on, being a recipient of his love, of his eternal life, and the dryness of their heart and soul, the, the, the valley of Acacia, the dry places that the church is able to flow and pour out into those places. So Jesus' mother Mary, probably the wedding uh, reception coordinator, says to Jesus, there's no wine. And at this wedding where there's no wine, Jesus does a miracle to demonstrate who he really is. And there's the bride, the bride of his, or the bridegroom of his church. And he turns this uh, over 100 gallons of water which I, I would love to unpack this, used for Jewish purification. An emphasis on the, the law that cannot wash you. We cannot keep the law. And he takes that water and turns that into life-giving flow of his spirit. And he makes over 600 bottles of wine. 600 bottles of wine. Just trying to imagine 600 bottles of wine. Yeah. That's a nice wine cellar. 600 bottles of wine. That's a big party. Like just, it's more than enough. Say more than enough. It's more than enough. The Old Testament wine, as we talked about the promise of Messiah, the promise of the life of the Spirit. New Testament, life in the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I have come to give you everything in abundance. Say in abundance. <laughs> yeah. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you, until you overflow. And this amazing story with this rich messianic symbolism of how Jesus came to build his church and that she would have an abundance of new wine, the life of the Holy Spirit. We would literally water the low places of this region. When I'm talking about low places, I'm talking about dark places, hurting places, places where there's no hope, where we can be a church that can flow into those places. And there's a group of people that I want to focus on in the house here, in this house, where this wedding is taking place, all this symbolism is being unpacked. Why wine? I've tried to explain that. And there's a group of people, an anonymous group of people that get focused on, and I want you to see them. I want you to see them this morning. It's not the disciples, because they're probably the reason there's no wine. That's why Mary comes and says, listen, I know it was a last-minute invitation, but I didn't think you guys were going to drink all the wine. We ran out. It's not Mary, although she is giving some coordination and some direction, but it's a group of anonymous people called the servants of the house. And I want you to see this this morning because without them, the wine would still be in the pots in Canaan. The wine would still be in the pots in Canaan. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. 
Today I want to talk about people planted in the house that understand that the church is to be this place of watering and the life of the Spirit is flowing. We talked about being planted in the house and being worshipers. Thank you for those. We're going to continue just coming forward and giving that invitation each and every week. It's just something happens when we step out of our comfort zones and come down to the front to worship God. I appreciate those that did that. I just feel like it it makes a, an environment conducive to freedom and worship, and we love that. We've talked about so many aspects of being planted in the house. Today I'm talking about being planted in the house, being a servant, being a servant in the house. Do whatever he tells you. The title servant, which to the Greek mind was a, a lowly, they wanted nothing to do with being a servant. And it's why we see Jesus uh, having the last supper with his disciples and he himself uh, washes their feet. He takes the position of the servant and he said, this is what I want you to do from now on as a disciple. And so it's understood that as disciples of those that are planted in the house, we're to be servants like these servants in this house that cause the miracle to be distributed. Say distribution. Without servants, the wine is still in the pots. One who executes the commands of another. A waiter. One who serves food and drink. I bet if I was to ask you about a really memorable restaurant experience, as you would begin thinking about that, you're doing that right now, I would bet that although food is a really important part of the restaurant experience, that's probably not the one that would be at the top of your, of, of top of your list. We were out with family last night um, at the Macintosh in Morrisburg, and they, had, uh, they were really, really busy. We just went into the pub side to have some pub food, and um, they said, there's a 90-minute wait. If you want the buffet, you could have that now. We said, well, we're up for that. What's on the buffet? Prime rib. I said, could I go look at it? And so I go, and I mean, it was on, it was just the display and everything, and, the, and I, love, I love beef and I love prime rib. And I'm thinking, man, this is like keg quality prime rib at, at a very reduced price. And I quite enjoyed it. But when we were all done, I was thinking this morning, but I've had, I've ha I mean, it cost me a fraction of what it would cost me at the keg and I had way more prime rib last night. But here's the deal. I felt like somebody at a feeding trough at the end of the day taking my food, going back to my end. That's really good. Whereas at the keg, the waiter creates an experience that helps put it in the, that top 10 experiences you would think about a really great meal you would have. And though the food is a part of that, the waiter, as you begin drinking your water and you put it down and he, fill, he fills it right up, here, here, here you go. He's determining what you need. She's determining what you need. And when the food arrives, they almost can tell intuitively as you're glancing at the table, the food arrives, and you're looking at the table because you haven't thought about something you wanted uh, to go along with it, and you're looking and they go, did you want whatever it might be? No, but could I have? Yes, certainly. I'll bring that right back. And they don't get lost <laughs> at the kitchen. And go, they're right back. And, and is there anything else I can help you with? Then they step back, allow you to enjoy the experience, and then they check on you. Is there anything that I can help you with? How many are tracking with me? Great restaurant experiences. How many are going out to lunch after service today? Probably not at the keg. We should get a keg. 
may have to drive so far for one. The waiter intuitively knows what you need so they can fill it up. They know how to check on you to make sure your needs are being met. The people at this house and at this wedding needed the wine of the Holy Spirit. They needed the natural wine too. And the wine had run out, which would be a great disgrace because without the wine, there was no party. Without, without the wine, there was no celebration. Without the flow of wine, there wasn't all of the things that everyone had looked forward to. And I, I believe that as Jesus is revealing who he is, and he's revealing who he is in this region, uh, so that we at Harvest Christian Fellowship, those of us planted in the house, understand these concepts, and that we want to see it as you applauded, as we talked about people finding life in Christ and being born again. And I'm so proud. That, that was the part you applauded this morning. Yeah, yeah people getting saved. That's amazing. And that's, about, that's what we're about. We want to see the fountain flowing. But without servants, the wine is still in the pots. It doesn't need to be that quiet in here. This is not a heavy. I'm not talking about finances today. This is a fight like a, like, oh man, he's talking about money. Hold your wallet tight, honey. How you a little giggle. All right, we're getting some giggles. Each week, people that maybe our first-timers or you're online today, and people that come needing something that we can't provide, but Jesus can. But he needs waiters and servants who will see that their vessels are dry. They're running out. And intuitively, intuitively, a small group leader knows, gets up in the, in the wee hours of the morning and begins to pray. And say, oh God, I can't do this as a small group leader, but you can. I want to serve them something today of the wine of the Holy Spirit. Somebody that stands with a green shirt at the back of the door, but intuitively spots somebody that they have, they have a smile on the outside as they come in, but the Holy Spirit speaks to you by a word of knowledge. You know they've had the worst week of their life, and you're just able to look them in the eye and say something, or drop a verse into their spirit before they come in, and you offer them the life of the Holy Spirit that changes them, because you were the waiter that says they have a need, and I can't fill it, but I know today that the Holy Spirit can. Otherwise, the wine is still in the pots. I want to outline today just what makes a good servant in the house. I'm going to do this quickly. You have notes today. And uh, number one, servants are not willing for the party to stop. How do you know if you're a servant in the house of God? How, how, how do you know that today? What, 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 are, what is the job description of, as we are signing up today to be servants in the house of God? to be those that would serve the, the, the water that's been turned to wine and give it to others. I want to just ask you the question, how is it that all the servants were in one place in the middle of the party while Mary gives direction, do whatever he says? How is it that they were in one place? I, I conjecture, but I think that they were seeing that it was running out, and they were having a debrief. They were having a dream team huddle right there and then. And they got together and they said, Mary said, come on, dream team huddle, which by the way, we do here every Sunday uh, um, 
before about, about 9.30, before uh, people start arriving, our dream team, those that serve each and every Sunday, um, and Natalie did an amazing job this morning. There's a, just an inspirational input, and we pray, and we ask God to do the miracles. We get together and say, Jesus, will you turn some water into wine today? Because without your Holy Spirit, this, is gonna, this won't be much of a party. Have you ever been to church with no Holy Spirit? Yeah, a bunch of people, yeah, I sure have. Man, that's a party. That's not a party. We just politely stay until, and we run out. But when there's a party, and servants are not willing that the party should stop. I don't know if you've noticed recently, uh, Christina and I bumped into this a lot. We did a little bit of traveling this summer. We were stateside in Florida. Um, and everywhere we've been, we went had opportunity for the conference to be in Vancouver. It was there as well. Everywhere we've gone the last number of months, you go to get to a Tim Hortons. We went to a Tim Hortons, um, and it was getting a little bit later, but they were still open. And the sign said, due to lack of employees, closed early. Have you seen this? We were coming back from the airport, and Aaron said, we told Aaron he was hungry. We were coming, it was a late flight. We said, we're going to go to McDonald's because they have 24-hour. We went to three or four between uh, the airport in Montreal and coming back that advertised right on the big sign, 24-hour drive-through. Each one of them was in the dark with signs, due to lack of employees, we've closed early. Help me out. Have you seen this going on? Yeah. Yeah, where you just close the restaurant. Like people are expecting, went, we went expecting a Big Mac. We were expecting it. And it wasn't there because somebody didn't show up for work. Servants aren't willing that the party should stop. Servants don't want the party to stop. And so they get together, they meet together, and they talk about and pray about how to get wine when there isn't any. Number two, servants are willing to do whatever Jesus says. Servants are willing to do whatever Jesus said. Jesus hasn't done a miracle yet. This is his first one. Nobody's, Mary's not like, yeah, okay, he's my son, son of God, you know. I, I mean, I birthed him, Holy Spirit, conception, but he's my boy, and he's gonna do something great right now. So everybody stand back, give him, give him some room. She had no idea what he was going to do. She was just passing the responsibility off to Jesus, knowing he was gonna do something, say something. I think sometimes we, 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 we run into this where, where we've seen, when we see Jesus do things before, and we've been around the house of God for a while, we, we start thinking we know what Jesus should do in people's lives. We, we know how he should use us. We, we know how this is all gonna work, and I just like to say, I like this better, because basically, Mary was just saying, I don't know what he's gonna ask us to do, but just do it, because when you do what Jesus says, it's gonna be incredible. And then we're waiting with anticipation. What, what, what do you think she's going to ask me to do? What is he going to ask me to do today? What is he going to ask me to do? And we want him to do whatever he wants to do. Because when Jesus does what he wants to do, the party keeps going. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we lose sight of the miracles that Jesus wants to do because we think we have it figured out. 
We're not serving here at Harvest for the sake of serving. We're serving because Jesus has a plan, that his life is being poured out, and if we'll serve that to somebody who desperately needs it, they'll be changed forever. The preschooler. Preschooler who comes to kids' church, and maybe we have no idea what has gone on in their little life that week, but you take the moment, Jesus, what would you do today? What would you do today? Would you wake me up at 5 o'clock in the morning? Like, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a class today. Like, Jesus, what are you going to do today? What do you want me to do today, Jesus? Production team, somebody who's watching online, thank you for being online today and watching. And we, we do this because we believe in you. We believe that something's happening right in your living room or you're watching this uh, after on demand. The behind the scene things that go on. I've already talked about being greeted at the door. The miracle, listen now, the miracle is in the obedience of doing whatever he says. The miracle started, the miracle began when they were obedient by doing whatever he said. Number three, servants go above and beyond what they are asked to do. Servants go beyond above and beyond. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. When I was a kid, I had chores. We had a little uh, kind of a hobby farm, and uh, we had uh, uh, always one horse, sometimes two. Uh, at one time, we had chickens and rabbits, and apparently they needed water. I don't know, but I mean, they just, my dad said that if their water goes dry, you're in trouble. And I just remember thinking how much in trouble I was going to be. And so every day after school, actually in the morning before school and then after school, go to the barn, and uh, I would get a bucket, and there was a hand pump. And I uh, would pump outside, get that hem pump going, and get the buckets filled and go in. And I need to tell you that I never filled one water container for animals to the brim. Not once, not ever, uh-uh. As long as they had some, that's what my dad says. As long as they got water, he never said anything about to the brim. <laughs> I just put some water in there. Because I wanted to get out on my dirt bike. I wanted to go watch after school TV. I, I wanted some me time. And the filling, the water to the brim was cut into that. And so I never once filled water to the brim. But servants, servants, not only do what Jesus says to do, they go above and beyond. I love hearing stories about, I'll, I'll hear somebody talk about here at Harvest where they were on a host team and uh, we'll get feedback that somebody mentioned they didn't have a ride or, um, hey, I, you know, I, I need to go get some groceries, but I have no way to get there. And a host person said, hey, I'll, I'll, you know what? Just jump in my car. I'll drop you off, run into Walmart, get what you need, and, and uh, I'll take you home. Why? Because that's an above and beyond servant that's taking it to the next level so that there's an abundance. Say abundance. I just want to give a shout out to everyone that's on the Dream Team here at Harvest. I just love you so much. I love that you show up every week. I love that you show up and you fill the buckets here to the brim. Go ahead and give a hand to those that are on the Dream Team today. And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. Here's the scary part. 
People, we have training for small group leaders and, and, and we, help our, um, we help our dream team folks and tell you what to do. Okay, what you're gonna do is you're gonna come on Sunday and you're gonna take uh, whatever we tell you to do, just kind of asking you to do that. And then we're gonna, you're gonna take like a cup and put it in the water and when it comes out, it'll be wine and you just take that over and um, yes, there will be a taste tester. They will taste the quality of the wine that you're bringing them. And we freak out about that. But what if, what if I tell, what if I teach the story to the kids and it's not exactly right? And the kids all go to hell because I didn't quite get it right. That's funny, you're supposed to laugh there because there's not one kid's gonna go to hell because you didn't quite get the story right. What, 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 what happens if, I mean, Harvest has this spirit of excellence and I think that's what, but I don't think I can contribute at that level. No, let's that, see that, but, but you gotta understand, we're just asking you to dip your vessel into that and then you just bring it and, and Jesus does the miracle. I feel like I'm just supposed to talk to that person right there and I, I don't know, I, I just, hey, I hope, I hope you have a better week. And I just felt like the Lord has a verse for you. And it's that verse that, you know, that, that all things work together for good, that those who love God are called according to his purposes. I'm not even sure why I'm sharing that with you, but I, I hope, so here's the water. No, but you didn't deliver water. The miracle had happened because of your obedience and, and it turned into wine and it touched them in a way that they went away and you didn't see that tear start to go down their cheeks. They're like, how could they have known? How could they have known what I was facing? How could they have known that? That verse is my verse. And oh, Holy Spirit, thank you that somebody serves some wine. The best wine. Say best wine. The best wine of the Holy Spirit. Peter said, if anyone serves, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever, amen. Because Peter just had to, it's not you, it's not me. It's not the water, it's not your cup, it's the wine. Say it's the wine. It's the wine. It's the wine. We get to serve wine. The best wine. Number four, servants know we need Jesus to add super to our natural. We just do. And if you needed to be reminded today, look at nothing, nothing that we contribute on our own will change anything. But in the serving, in the act of the obedience of the serving, the miracle happens and the wine gets to where it needs to go. We know he's adding super to the natural. And the master of the banquet tasted the wine that had been turned, or water that had been turned to wine and he didn't realize where it came from. The servants did. Number five, servants get to see miracles. Today I want to talk about, as I'm, just we're going to conclude it just in a, a moment. But the idea I want to leave with you is that, that if you're serving presently, oh, we just love that so much and appreciate it so much. And harvest doesn't work without the waiters, without the service. We're not a church where everybody comes and a few people do the work. No, it, it only works when everybody Everybody finds a place to serve in the house of God and the river can flow. And if you've been here enjoying the party, that is amazing. But let me, let, let me in on a secret. If, if you 
if you would open your life up to be a servant, you're going to see some miracles. You get a behind-the-scenes look. Because when you're in the party, you're just drinking the wine, and it's, just, it's, it's great, and we, we sense God's presence, and it's amazing. But when you begin to serve somebody with what's in your life and you give it to another, you get to see the miracle. A small group leader who gets woken up at 5 o'clock in the morning and begins to press in, I guarantee you before this year is up, that small group leader is going to get to see a miracle. And the person receiving it might just go, wow, I, I don't, I'm just, my life's never been greater. And that small group leader is not going to go, that's because I served you wine. No, he's just going to go, yeah, that's the miracle. That's the miracle. I get to see miracles. Servants get to see the miracles. First Peter 4.10, I just want to ask a question. Who are, the, who are these servants anyway? First Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Each of you. Say, that's me. Number six, those who are planted in the house are called to serve. Bow your heads this morning. Servants aren't willing for the party to stop. They're willing to do whatever Jesus says. They'll go above and beyond. They believe that Jesus can add super to our natural. And we get a front row seat to see miracles. If you're serving already at Harvest, I pray today we'll just remind you that you'll come and serve with a new strength because we can get weary in well-doing. The Bible warns about that. Don't, don't be weary in well-doing. Keep focus and understand why we do what we do. But if you're here today, whether it's the COVID gap or maybe you served another day, another time, and we, we have roots that happened this morning. We call, have something called step one. And most of you in the room have gone through that. Most of you have done our roots. And you know that without the servers, the wine doesn't get delivered. This morning's also a bit of a challenge. And I would ask you to be in prayer in these days, asking the Lord about your capacity to serve on a Sunday morning. There are other places, but this is where we start. There are people that say to me, well, I, I really feel called to oversee this or to be a part of that. And we say, that's amazing. We'd like you to begin by. Just come in and, and just learn with us how to be a servant. Learn how to be a servant in the house of God. Experience some miracles. We're going to send out an email a little bit later this week. And it's just going to remind you about today. There's going to be a place where you can just click and go, sign me, put, put my name back in the roster. Put my name. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't want the sign to go up. Not enough people showed up today, and we're not there. We're not there. But if we were to do everything that God's called us to do right now, if this fountain were flowing the way I know it's called to be flowing into this region, we, we'd be there. We wouldn't, we, don't, we wouldn't have enough servants to get the wine to the party if we make this party any bigger. 
And so for this season of time, that's not our focus on getting the party bigger. But I need to tell you, that's where it's going because this party's too small. There's not, the, 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 the fountain that is to rush into this region. And if, if we needed, if we needed 10 people this morning just to go to another location, to a satellite location and be hosts and kids church workers and do all that, so another 50 or 60 people in another, in another locale close to here could hear the gospel, experience a miracle, have their own party so they didn't have to drive an hour to harvest. If we needed to do that, we can't do that. But we're called to it. And so in, these, in this season, in these days, as God is rebuilding us and we're recognizing it's important to be planted in the house, one of the things is going to be servants saying, you can count me in. I want to serve in the house of God. You get that email, you can click. You can ignore it if you want to ignore it. Um, we're, we're not, this is a no shame, <laughs> a shame off environment. But as you're in this quiet moment of the Holy Spirit speaking, when that comes, we'll take, some people say, well, I can't come every Sunday and do that. We understand. We'll, t- we'll take your five minutes. We'll take your five hours. We'll take whatever you can contribute is a gift to Jesus first and to the people that you're serving. I'm gonna pray in just a moment, but if you're here today and you've never received the wine of the Holy Spirit, you've never asked the life of Jesus to come into you, the Bible says we are separated, we are from God, we are hopeless in our sin. Nothing can fill us, though we try. And I wanna say to you, come this morning and receive the power of of God's life in you. If that's you today, you're here, you've never received it, you've never asked Jesus into your heart online, you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, forgive your sin, and give you eternal life, today's your day. Today's your day to do it. If you're in the room, I'd ask you just with every head bowed and eyes closed, just lift your hand right now so I can see it. I wanna pray for you today. Invite Jesus into your life. Is is there anyone here today? Just glancing across the room. Over here, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thanks for that hand. Appreciate you being brave today and making that decision. Online, you can text. I'm making the decision today. Harvest, let's pray together. As as those that raised your hand, just pray this prayer of invitation today. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Come forgive my sin. Take life, bring your life into my life. I want to start the party. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We, we believe if you prayed a simple prayer like that, Jesus is living in you right now. You've begun the party. In fact, the angels are partying in heaven. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's worship before we go today. Servants in the house.